Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And just like that, welcome in Judd's Hockey Show. That's right, we are back, Judd and Declan. Why are we back? Well, today we did a one-timer episode early this afternoon about the potential Kevin Fiala being traded because there were reports out there, starting with Elliot Friedman, who's very well plugged in uh, and has been the Hockey Night in Canada insider. How well is Elliot plugged in? Well, the Kevin Fiala trade is now done, and that's why we are live. Thanks for joining us on, uh, on our Score North channels here. Much appreciated. Here is the trade if you are just tuning in and have not seen it yet. The Wild has sent Fiala to the or to the conference rival, Los Angeles Kings, and Dex will tell you what his extension is in a second. But in return, and I think a lot of people are going to be upset initially at the return, but in return, the Wild Bill Guerin acquires the Kings' first-round pick, in next week's draft, which is the 19th pick. So the Wild are now drafting 19 and 24 as of right now in the first round, second consecutive year that the Wild has two first-round picks. Of course, they had a first-round pick from the Zucker trade last season that they used. And Brock Faber, a 6'1", 200-pound gopher defenseman who's going to be a junior this season from Maple Grove and who played on the U.S. Olympic team. So he is very good. Uh, Mm -hmm. is the prospect that the Wild gets back. Brock was a second-round pick, 45th overall, by the Kings back in 2020. And Declan, you just informed me that Friedman also has the specifics on a Fiala extension. Uh, Friedman uh, uh, specifying that he believes the Fiala extension, which uh, Fiala now an RFA, um, will come in at approximately 7.9 million AAV. So the Kings, we actually discussed this on a podcast posted just an hour and a half ago. Uh, we laid out the teams that could be interested, and we actually foresaw the Kings being that team because they had a ton of cap space. They have prospect pools, um, and they ended up getting a first-round pick back from L.A. Brock Faber, yeah, a, a pretty prized defenseman. Um, none of the uh, uh, prospects that you and I kicked around, but the Kings had the cap space to make this trade happen, Judd, and um, now they're going to pay him 7.9 AAV. If the Wild weren't in buyout hell, would I entertain a Fiala contract near 7.9? Probably. I wouldn't say I'd be in love with it, but I'd probably entertain it. But with the wild uh, cap stricken to the Prize and Suter buyouts, there was absolutely zero chance uh, Kevin would even come close to getting 7.9 from Minnesota. So he gets his payday. He gets a fresh start in L.A. And the wild now have a couple first-round picks at their disposal and another defenseman prospect, which I'm sure we're about to get into, because that's going to open up a whole jar of worms uh, for their next moves for the Wild. Absolutely. So I think the initial uh, reaction from Wild Nation is going to be to be underwhelmed by this return. Because, I mean, we had all talked about, well, 
can they potentially get the second overall pick from the Devils? Um, can they, you know, can as we discussed a couple hours ago, can they get one of the Kings' top prospects? Because uh, we, we, I both think agree that Quinton Byfield was going to be off limits, but there were other names that we tossed around that were, in our mind, potential. Uh, Rock Faber is a good player, and the 19th overall pick is valuable, but I think the initial inclination is it's not going to be what some people expected, especially with Fiala coming off the season that he was, which was an outstanding year. And at times, you know, I wouldn't say that he surpassed Kaprizov, but there there were moments in the regular season where they were neck and neck. I mean, Fiala had that stretch, was that in March decks, where he was just absolutely phenomenal. He was great. I think there's a few factors here off the top of my head for why the return isn't what we thought it might be. One is, and, and we started to talk about this last week and continued it on uh, today's Shorter Judd's Hockey Show. I think the fact that the market's going to be flooded with some guys that can score goals, wingers, but also centers who are just going to naturally be more valuable, both on the free agent market and via trade potentially. I think that hurt Garen as far as probably what he could get in return because teams were going to say, well, we'll just wait. Now, I like the fact that Garen got aggressive and tried to uh, move and ultimately did move Kevin before the whole market got flooded. But I'm sure that that played a role. The second thing is the Wild is sort of stuck. Like, you you brought this up yourself. I mean, they are in salary cap hell. The buyouts of Parisi and Suter, while I still believe to be very prudent, and the price was going to have to be paid for those guys eventually, no matter what. Um, but, I mean, that has left them in a position where where this was really going to be the last year that they could control Fiala and say, we'll trade him. And keep in mind, there's a cautionary tale here, Dex. That is Doug Riseborough, Marion Gabrick, right? Because that was one where where the Wild tried to bide their time and were hopeful, and guess what? Didn't work out. Um, and the third one, fair or not, and I'm willing to bet it played a role in any discussion, Dex, that Bill Guerin had with other GMs around the league is this one. Kevin Fiala disappeared in the playoffs. Absolutely disappeared. I mean, he was disappointing. He was probably, you know, he was a guy that we all, that we said, Caprizov and Fiala, one of them has to contribute. And we thought that it might be Fiala being on that second line. And Kaprizov was brilliant throughout. And for the second consecutive year, although I still think he played well against the Golden Knights, but for the second consecutive year, statistically, he underwhelmed. And so I think all of those things in the wild stew probably played a role in the return. I think the return is good. I don't think it's what fans probably expected. They probably expected more of a splash return. Two things, uh, seven years for Kevin Fiala in L.A. Seven years, 7.9 million. So Kevin Fiala gets a big payday there. Kevin Weeks, too, of ESPN reporting the Kings have the deepest prospect pool uh, in the entire NHL. So, uh, yeah. yes, there's plenty of prospects to choose from. You know, Faber wasn't one of the guys, surprisingly enough, we didn't mention. I know he's he's playing here at the U of M. Um, the, the interesting part here, and I see a lot of people in our YouTube comment section, by the way, hit the subscribe button, Daily Minnesota Sports Entertainment, Jed and I. Uh, we'll be breaking down anything wild related uh, this summer, which which is going to be an active. I think this is just our first real appetizer of what else is to come, Judd, um, in, in this in the wild office. So hit the subscribe button, Daily Minnesota Sports Entertainment, right here on Score North. Um, 
with now having Faber and Kalen Addison in the fold, two young, controllable defensemen. We've talked at nauseum about how this organization feels about Addison over the last six months, and it doesn't seem as high now. Maybe that was Garen playing his card to deal him or to use him in the right situation, whether it's with the Wild or as a potential trade ship. But now you have multiple picks in the first two rounds of the draft. You have another expendable defenseman. You have multiple expendable defensemen, either trade ships or one that you include in Matt Dumba. Um, this opens up an interesting Pandora's box of what Bill Guerin now wants to do. We talked about on, the, on our one time earlier this afternoon, does Guerin want to start the market? And to be honest, he, had, he as we broke down in that episode, he did that in this trade deadline when he traded for Delorier, when he traded Nico Sturm, he kind of made the first two little small moves. And this Bialatri is obviously a big trade, but he was able to kind of first dip his toe in and set that market. And now with the draft, um, I believe now nine days away, right? I believe it's next, uh, next Friday, Thursday, next Thursday, Friday, Thursday and yep. Friday. Yep. So two Thursday days. and Friday. So, so we're a week away from the draft and more wheeling and dealing to come. Um, I, I think this is just the first domino of, of a flurry of moves that, that, Kieran has to do with being so cap stricken in terms of the, of the return and to your point, is it underwhelming? I don't know if it's underwhelming. Um, it's just, we looked at that prospect pool from the Kings. We probably saw, Oh, Alex Turcotte. Well, they probably, they probably asked about Turcotte and they said, yeah, not going to happen, but we can give you Brock Faber, another controllable defenseman uh, who's probably a safer player to bet on uh, in terms of a forward, obviously. So I'm not surprised by the return. I don't think the return is poor by any means, but I, I think it's now going to set off a chain reaction of what other trades could come from the wild in the next week or so. And one thing to keep in mind too, now with the wild owning the 19th pick, which is the Kings pick in the first round and their own at 24 is they are now in position. If they want in your reckless speculation decks to try and go up now. So like if there's, if there's a player that they like, I mean, heck, they could combine a, a, you know, veteran player who they potentially might trade, might be a defenseman, Spurgeon and Brodeen, no, but I mean, there's possibilities here. So, yeah, I think that there is a chance that Garen, who clearly has proven uh, wheeling and dealing is something that he enjoys, which is great fun for us in the reckless speculation world and the fans, um, that there is a chance Thursday that the Wild, you know, takes picks 19-24, and at least explores the opportunity to go up. So, yeah, I'm with you. Um, there, there's not a lot that the Wild can do to add to the roster as far as veterans go for financial reasons, but there's a lot that they can look to do as far as moves go. And the influx of young defensemen, assuming that Addison stays, like that's the one thing is I can't tell how much they really like him now. It's an interesting one. Uh, but if he is just a developing player who, in their mind, was not prepared to pop but is now, yeah, you've definitely positioned yourself um, to make moves to bring in prospects, to bring in young players. And, you know, keep in mind, too, the Wild is now going to spend, what, three years in some form of salary cap hell. So there's a very real chance, and I think that this is why Bill Guerin went for it in March uh, at the deadline or in uh, February, there's a chance, Declan, that he's also, I'm not going to say dump, but there's a chance that he's going to look to retool this thing so that when the wild comes out of cap hell, they are positioned with a really good young core group and then to add a veteran here and there to take off. So like, I wouldn't, I wouldn't just assume that Bill Guerin's going to 
look at 2022-23 as we got to make another run. Um, I think it's important to point out that it really appears, and this is not a bad thing, that Bill Guerin has the ear of of the owner and that Craig Leopold, who hates to lose, seems to really believe in what Bill is doing. Uh, and that, that was made absolutely clear by the deadline deals this past season. But, you know, if you think about this, when you come out of cap hell, right, Dex? And you've got Rossi and the draft picks and the goaltender now, you could be in a really, really good spot. And so I don't think that there's any urgency now internally to say, we got to make a run at the cup right now. I think they made that run. It unfortunately came woefully short of working. But now the intention could be to say, hey, look, there's a price to be paid for the buyouts. We still would have done that in a heartbeat to move those players on. But now we're going to try and really build something up so that it's special when the cap problems dissipate or disappear altogether. By the way, the Wild now own picks 19, 24, 47, and 56 in the draft. Four picks in the first 56 yeah, move up. of the draft. You can move, move them. Up. You can move down. You can, you can mortgage them. There's a lot of things to go there. You know, at ESPN, our, our, our buddy Puck Daddy, Greg Wyshynski, who has joined us before, Mac, into a hashtag friend of the show, um, did his early power rankings for the NHL season. Uh, their entire NHL staff did for ESPN uh, yesterday, and they had the Wild ninth. On, on on their early season powering because I had teams like the Blues who they bounced ahead of teams yeah, like the I don't Flames believe, yeah. who they bounced. Are they That's, the ninth best team right no. now in the NHL? I don't think so. I think there's just too many questions. Number one in goal, who is going to be the number one goal? Is the biggest question there? Um, and also, how does this fallout now happen? And is Rossi going to be plugged in? Are you? I see a lot of people in the YouTube comment section saying make a run at JT Miller. Now you have the cap resources to do so. Um, there's a lot of big questions that I think Garrett gets to answer. And this is the fun part. I mean, Elliot Friedman, NHL insider w- was on the Pat McAfee show just last week. And he said, he believed that this NHL off season, this summer, now that we're kind of back to normal for the most part is going to be a lot more movement and a lot more active than previous off seasons, even before COVID uh, from the last two, which have just obviously been wacky and truncated. So um, yeah, this is, this is an interesting dilemma that Karen gets to, fi- to, to, to find out. And I'm fascinated to see how it shakes out. Here's my question. Is it a dilemma or a coordinated, like, I, I mean, nothing is surprising here, right? From the day that you, that you said Ryan Suter and Zach are going to be bought out. Like it, like you didn't look at their contracts after the fact, right? And say, oh my God, what have we done? We're going to be in cap hell. You knew that. And so dilemma, I don't know that's the right word because Bill Guerin has positioned this team. And, and I will say this, the playoff loss was extremely disappointing. There's no question about it. I'm not going to defend that at all. I expected far more. You did too. The fan base did. Bill Guerin did. But for the most part with his moves, I like what he's done. Like, I trust him. It feels like he knows what he's doing. And so I don't know if dilemma is the right word or this is a reset that's in progress. And look, if you take off, like, you know, if the young talent starts to mix well again, you could be fine. I don't think that this is right now the ninth best team. I really don't. I really don't. Um, and, And you have to be right. Like, these picks have to hit. And Rossi has to hit. Like, if that doesn't hit, and, and I know it's tough, but the whole purpose of this is to restock, rebuild. So I don't know if dilemma is 
how Garen feels about it. But I think Garen has definitely put himself in this position to try and get out of those contracts somewhat purposefully. And so, yeah, he's got options. I don't think he's the type of guy, though, because he is the, he's the type of guy who will go for it. Dex, I don't think he's going to panic, though, and now be, be like, oh, Fiala, I had to trade him, and now I got to go get this, you know, plug in this guy and that guy. He seems like a deliberate dude, right? So yeah. I'm very, so I'm very curious to see. And the other thing I like about him, and I mean, he's he is semi brawled with us. He doesn't feel the pressure of what we of our expectations. Correct. The center thing. I mean, yeah. I was apoplectic, and he's like, "Calm down, you, you know, Eric Sadek. You didn't call. You, I think you you said that he, he was not a." sexy flashy. player as far yeah. or a flashy player and he's like no i, I completely disagree uh, so like what we think he doesn't just agree with so i don't if the fan base says this fiala trade return underwhelming disappointing i don't think bill garen says oh my god i think they're right or what if they're right i think bill garen says this is what i did if you don't like it too bad yeah and and you know we kind of thought Fiala would probably go to one of those Eastern conference teams. You know, the devils were a team, the Sabres were a team. Um, you know, there's, there's teams in, in the East right now that were looking to shake things up and he actually ends up staying in the West. And, and that doesn't surprise me too much. Like I said, the Kings had the deepest prospect pool. They had the cap space to make this happen. Fiala gets his big payday. Good for him. Kudos. By the way, as you know, as the show knows, love Kevin Fiala. All right. And I see a lot like Declan must be heartbroken right now. Actually not. You know, I, 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 I just like a, just like another love in my life, you know, loves come and go. All right. You've moved on from a lot. There is, and I have moved on from a lot. Okay. There's, there's, what is it? Five stages of grief. I got through one, two, three, four, five pretty quick with this one over the last few weeks. All right. This one, this one, this one took, uh, took no time at all. Um, but this is, this is the fun part of, of, uh, what, what else can happen here for, for the wilds off season. You know, I I still think finding the goaltender is still going to be a, a, a big one for the wild. Um, you know, when I mentioned that they have, what is it, picks 19, 24, 47, 56, I, even though they need cost-effective players, and to your grand scheme, they have to hit on these first-round picks, and even the guys that they have picked, like Rossi, they have to come through and hit. Boldy, I expect to basically take the role of Kevin Fiala going forward to a degree. I would be pretty surprised, and we just did write that down on Mackie and Judd, which you can find, Daily Minnesota Sports Entertainment. Um, I'd be pretty surprised if the Wild stand put uh, uh, stood their way and just made their picks at 19 24 47 56 one of these will be moved at least one of these will be moved for either a controllable player that is already established or they'll be moved to move up they'll be used to move down they have to hit on these cost effective players for the sanity of the buyouts in their franchise but i would be pretty surprised if come next thursday when the draft is starting and on the clock the wild actually indeed make all four of those selections I think there's a better chance that you're right and they move some of those picks to move up. I don't yeah. know if they're going to – I don't know. Like, this depends on the controllable players that you can get. Um, and I don't know that the Wild – to go back on my point, I don't know they feel positioned to be like, we are the ninth best team, we're going to make a – I don't know that. Um I really think that there. I think that the long game could be in play here. And you know what? I mean, this isn't a bad team. Like, if you throw this current team minus Fiala on the ice, I don't think it's a bad team. Uh, but I just I find it so interesting that Bill Guerin doesn't care what 
we all think. I mean, that makes such a difference. And every GM is going to say, oh, I don't care either. And that's a bunch of garbage. We've seen that before, right? They care. Um, this guy doesn't care. I want to also, as as we discuss the trade of Fiala to the Kings, I want to ask you a question too. Just a basic question. Because we attended a lot of uh, post-game press conferences. And I mean, Kevin had some great games last year. There were some times he was disappointing for sure. What was your overall impression about how Everson and Garen just felt about Fiala? So like just from a, forget the contract for a second. Mm-hmm. What was your, because, you know, Dean coached him uh, with Predators American Hockey League affiliate in Milwaukee as well. And I mean, there, there was this whole thing, these stories about, you know, Dean knows what buttons to push with Kevin Fiala, right? But what was your takeaway when you heard the coach especially talk about him? You know, it felt to me kind of, this is a weird metaphor to make, it felt like a successful stepson that neither of them wanted. You know, like it yeah, it, 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 well it, it, it it felt like a, a kid from a different marriage that was successful and wasn't a problem, but yeah. they never really bought into what he was doing. And uh, I, I Kevin Fial is a dynamic player. Analytically, he's a solid player. You know, and to his credit, dude, he ex- he excelled without playing with Kirill Kaprizov, right? He excelled with playing with guys like Frederick Goudreau, for, for goodness sakes. He, and Boldy. He creates offense. Boldy changed his track Boldy unlocked last year. Him. Boldy yes. unlocked him, no doubt. And, and and credit to Matt Boldy. And I, I think Matt Boldy is part of the process that helps replace Kevin Fiala. You, can't, you will not replace Kevin Fiala's 88 points with Matthew Boldy right flip a switch right then and there, but he's going to be definitely the biggest chunk of pie and the biggest reason and belief that they believe they can move on from Fiala and they won't be hurt from that kind of trade. But it always felt like Evison and, you know, Garen's line. What was it? You know, he's only as good as his last game he's played, which was kind of like this dude just put up like 50 points in 27 games. And and that's what you say of him. And, yeah. and same thing with Evison. And, and look, he kind of dropped the, ball again in the postseason, which was unfortunate. You know, I, I ran out of carrots. I ran out of sticks trying to defend him. Um, but I feel like the organization just, they never were going to get that by. And if Kevin would have been able to maybe play ball a little bit, for the lack of a better word, and say, all right, I'll, I'll sign a team-friendly deal. I am bought into what this what this team wants to do. The team has never approached him about that. And it doesn't sound like, and Kevin, rightfully so, ever was interested in doing anything like that. If, if you were Kevin Fiala, and you were his agent, I don't know who his representation is, and you said, hey, I have been the most productive player on this team. I was the most productive player before Kirill got here. My, I am the most productive player not named Kirill Kaprizov. I'm just as important as this team's success. And you just handed a guy in Kirill Kaprizov, who was worth it, a, a humongous eight-year, eight or $8 million five-year contract. Where's my client's production? I'm, I'm right there with it. And the, and the Wild said, because there's something that we don't believe in him. And... Mm-hmm. And the Kings gave it to him, and I hope he thrives with the Kings. I envision Fiala being the same player. It's not like Fiala's, I think, going to hit a next level. I don't think Fiala hits a plateau. I think Kevin Fiala pretty establishes who of, of who he is as a player. And I wish him the best in LA. I hope he thrives there. But the Wild were never going to be that team that, to my to my beginning point, kind of adopted them as their own son. They always kind of looked at him as as a as a stepson from an arranged marriage that that was Paul Fenton's guy from the get go. Fenton drafted him. He wanted him. And that was still a great trade. It might be the, the the best thing Paul Fenton ever did for this organization. But now the Wild are moving on. And just to encapsulate uh, Fiala's stats last year, career high, 82 games, 33 goals, 52 assists, 85 points, 
plus 23 and five power play goals, one shorthanded in the regular season. I'm just going to scroll through here and see if I can mm-hmm. find the playoff stats because those were the disappointing. Those were the disappointing stats. Here they are. Playoff stats uh, played in all six games of the loss uh, to the Blues. No goals, three assists, uh, 15 shots. Now, the previous year against the Golden Knights in the seven-game first-round loss to Vegas, Declan, a goal and assist, assist, 22 shots, and I felt that he did far more. That In the Golden Knights playoff series, I felt like Kevin Fiala was snake-bitten. This year, I felt like he disappointed. Uh, which, again, I think definitely impacted him as far as probably what Bill Guerin could get back. But back to your point about the stepson thing, because I don't disagree with it. I always felt like in watching him that Guerin and Everson saw flaws that we didn't see. Like, I don't know if it was consistent effort. I don't know if it was um, uh, back-checking, because, I mean, there were times he definitely probably didn't apply him himself. And, you know, all of the things that Kaprizov does because he's a superstar so brilliantly, I, I felt like there was a feeling with Dean and Bill that Kevin didn't come even close to delivering the type of consistency and all-around game. And, like, I didn't see, like, a ton of terrible things, but you always had that feeling when they talked, like you just said, about we tolerate him, and he can be really good, but it feels like with Kaprizov there's no but, Right. It's right. just uh, Kirill Kaprizov's unbelievable. Did you see that move? Does it all the time. With Kevin, it was, uh, yeah, but, and here's the problem, and here's the problem. And they didn't rip him, but they certainly didn't uh, go out of their way consistently unless he was just going great guns like he was in March to praise him. And so I think it really was a situation, Dex, where when Kaprizov got that that contract last summer, which he 1,000% deserved, it's a great contract, Kevin Fiala was gone. Like, we talked about it, and there were times where, I mean, we did shows on, you got to resign him. It's unbelievable. Like, his production is so great. And, and I mean, this is a franchise that for a long time has struggled to find guys that can score goals. It's that simple. They're hard to find. I, I think it's getting a little bit simpler now because the game is changing, evolving a little bit more offensively. Uh, certainly not to the 1980s style of play, but it is changing. But I think in Bill Guerin's mind, and probably in Dean's mind as well in their conversations, the second that Kaprizov signed, Kevin Fiala was was destined to be in his last year. And I don't know in retrospect now that there was anything he could do to change that. No, not at all. Um, and and he did everything. As, he had 80, what, 88, 89 points this season. And he got off 85. to an insanely slow start. So, I mean, yeah. he, he rushed through it in, in the second half of the year. He exploded. He was legitimately one of the best forwards, at least points per game-wise, in the NHL over the last two months or so of the, of the NHL regular season. Um, but once Kirill inked that deal, and basically for, what, two summers, essentially, the Wild balked at any type of long-term negotiations. They took him to arbitration, basically, last year. You know, they they never they gave filed. him... They filed. Yeah. That doesn't yes. happen. It, it rarely ever happens in the NHL. So... They weren't going to do that again. Fiala was upset. You know, he had the training camp quote going into last season that he was pissed off he didn't get paid. You know, I, I have something to prove here. And and now he got off to the slow start and things then clicked right afterwards. But it, it is it is interesting that the Wild never really bought into him. And I think he's an extremely dynamic player. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I loved watching him here in Minnesota. But I'm also still, I'm, I'm not completely shocked or hurt 
by this trade because the wild now net something else in return that could potentially spin it back another way that makes the wild still successful by the way while having buyouts of of 15 percent eating up their salary cap in a league that is very stricken to its salary cap what happens if kevin is now put with a upper echelon center is my question because as much i mean boldy changed him there's no question about it he was struggling scuffling and look he's a guy he is not a creator. Kaprizov is. Kaprizov is unbelievable. He creates. I mean, Kirill can take the puck and say, bleep it, I'm gone. Kevin needs somebody to help him. And Boldy was magnificent there. But, you know, I'm sorry, man. God bless him and Dino loves him. But Goudreau works his ass off. But he ain't a center on, on you know, that, that Fiala is going to look at and say, oh, give me him. So I think that. The intriguing thing with the Kings is what happens if they now give him a center who can really make him? Because that was, I think he proved throughout his time here that if he didn't have a guy, so if he didn't have a Boldy, if he didn't have, he just didn't have, and this is not a big strike because it's true of of a a lot of what I would consider star type, not superstars. Um, He wasn't going to make plays for himself for the most part. Uh, the Kings could be in, in a position here where if they can pair him with a center on a line uh, that he could he could make this year the norm and potentially exceed it. But that also depends on his want to as well, which I think the wild total guess, re- reckless speculation on my part, I think the wild questioned the want to at times. I think that's part of the problem the wild had with him. And not to be a Kings hockey show here, but, you know, L.A. has Stilonzi Kopitar up there in age, but still a productive player, obviously. Um, young, you know, Blake Lazat. Who, who we talked about, uh, yeah. a solid center from St. Cloud State. You know, they, they're going to hopefully cl- plug in Quentin Byfield, who was the second overall pick just a couple of years ago. So Fiala is going to have options to play along with. Um, I'm curious how he's used there too. You know, Ayafalo and Kempe for, for the Kings last year were good players. And they, that was a top-line heavy team. So how does Fiala fit into that plan for L.A.? And probably does make them deeper. And Because when we had to watch that Discover West division, when the Wild were in that COVID division oh, with good. California. Oh, that's I do remember Discover, maybe because I'm a proud carrying member of Discover Card. Declan here for Discover Card. Uh, we were looking at those three California teams in in LA and in San Jose and Anaheim. We all we both kind of said, you know, I think of those teams that can make the quickest rise and, and return again. It's probably LA, and the Kings got to the playoffs um, last season, and and they should be again pretty good going forward into the next season. And Fiala is going to be a big part of that. Seven years, seven point nine million. I mean, it's a lot of dough to be thrown at a player. I wonder if the Wild, if they had been in a financial position, would have made that investment. My sense is no. I, I don't think so either. You know, we like I, I think we might have. I, I said that you know, John Declan might have at the top of the show. If the buyouts were there, would he get seven point nine? I I think when we were like projecting his contract this time last summer, when we were like kicking around the idea before it really just never came to fruition, we were kind of in the six and a half to seven and a half range. So, I mean, his 85-point campaign bumps it up to nearly 8 million. I mean, he's making almost the same money as Kirill. Yeah. You know, I, I, think about that. And that's what his agent representation was trying to make the point to the Wild. And now, I can tell you right now, Fiala's not as good of a player as Kirill Kaprizov, and I like to think of myself as, as a leader of the Kevin Fiala type of fan club. Not anymore. But, you're out. but, but now, I'm, he, now I'm gone. He's going to love California. He's going to yeah. love, love Cali. And in in his uh, sophomore year with the Gophers last year, Brock Faber, 32 games, two goals, 12 assists, plus eight. So he's definitely a guy who's not going to score a ton of goals, but he's incredibly solid. 
Uh, he also played in four games in the Olympics with the change there of the professional players not going and had uh, in four games an assist and a plus two. Um, so, yeah, this is interesting. I'm very intrigued here. I am. I think I'm most intrigued by the path now. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know exactly what it's going to be, but I, I think that Bill Guerin, and I'm sure he's extremely disappointed, and he should have been, I think that the path in tw- in uh, the spring of 2022 was to 1,000% go for it because the, because the team, obviously not in salary cap hell last season, opportunity knocked, right? Um, I'm not going to be surprised if the path now is to go young and try and develop and get a good team that can really pop when the salary cap hell ends. And the thing that I do like there is it's not going to be like this purposely bad team. Like, it'll be young, exciting players will come through the system so it's not good but i mean it's not going to be like you're going to supplement with a bunch of american hockey league players that are broken down and you're trying just to plug them in i think it's got a real opportunity to be a fun team to watch but i don't know that you're going to see a lot of veterans added and i think i'm okay with that to get to where you need to go oh i mean right now they have 6.5 in cap space i mean they have next to no JT cap miller space. not coming here like the only the only you way that happens is if, that. is if you uh, you move Matt Dumba and you, you created a little bit more. Um, but what's but the, most of most of their roster is intact. I mean, the problem is so so. Think of it this way. All right, let's say they go get a center, like one that we all think, oh my god, they got this guy. All right, are they really in a position then automatically to like be a Stanley Cup contender? I mean, you're probably not. You're probably not. You're probably going to develop Rossi. You're going to try to uh, continue to to bring in prospects at center. I like what they're doing. I love the defensive build. I, I think that's brilliant. I think that's really smart. I mean, Bill, but you know, you know what we've seen, and this is true, and this is why there was a time, not now, there, Declan, this is why there was a time where I wanted the Wild to dump and just suck because they weren't exciting. And I was just like, just be bad. When you look at what the Avs did, right? Yeah. That team got bad. The year that Walkwit and Bednar got the job late, I think they had 48 points. Um, and if you look at what they've done roster construction-wise, yes, they supplemented at the trade deadline. I'm a big Manson fan. We can debate on Kemper's importance. Like, I'm not saying he, he couldn't stink, but he's certainly not, like, a top-five goaltender. But that team was so damn good from what they built internally, right? Like mm-hmm. you like it's not a bunch of guys that they traded for and yes, they supplemented guys. Deadline pickups are fantastic. But when you look at McKinnon, McCarr, Landeskog, and I know that they are high picks, but the point being is I think it's the way to do it. I think you got to build it and then bring in guys. I don't think that that you can just now say we are pivoting away because we couldn't afford Fiala. JT Miller is our guy. I don't think that's how it works. I really don't. I think you need to bring in guys. And look, if, if they take, uh, you know, those, as you discussed, four picks in the top 56 next week in the draft in Montreal, and you and you move up in the first round, you could get a really damn good player, really good prospect, just has to develop. Yeah, I mean, I mean, look at what Colorado was able to do. You know, they got Ratton in 10th overall in 2015. Um, Tyson Jost, funny enough, in 2016. McCarr was the fourth overall pick in 2017. Now the best defenseman probably can make the case in the NHL. And even guys like, you know, Alex Newhook was drafted at, at the 16th overall pick in 2019 for them. You know, they've 
they were they hit a little wall there after that first court rose up and Patrick Waugh basically left in in fiery fashion. But it worked for them. You know, wild fans hate Colorado. I, you can call them obnoxious. You can call them annoying, but they play good hockey and well, they just and, won a damn Stanley Cup. And their their system was built the right way. For this. Like yeah. well, and and like the Kings are in the Kings have positioned themselves well well now, excuse me, because their system is really good and they can make this trade and they've got the cap space. Um, but I do like the thought of the fact that Garen is doing what Fletcher didn't do. Uh, and I think Fenton had the idea a little bit more so, but Garen definitely does. And that is to establish a foundational core group of young, talented players that can take off eventually. Because you know what? As much fun as July 4th, 2012 will always be. And, you know, we're about, I think, next week to celebrate 10 years since Parisi and Suter signed in free agency. The reality is you're not going to build your team like that. Like, that's not a real way to build your team. It, it's a way to have fun, but I think the way to build your team is to do exactly what we're seeing now, good or bad. It might take uh, some time, but I think the development that we're about to see from this club is going to be fun to watch. Yeah. Yeah, I'm excited for this. The next next week's going to be even a blast, too, and, and we're going to be breaking everything down as, as yeah, much as Yeah, what's our show can, schedule? I, I, I never know. We were first supposed round, to be doing an action. We rewind. We, 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 do, we do a we'll lot. We'll we're do we're always eventually. moving parts. But first uh, round, we'll be on? I mean, we'll be ready if, to react. I'm not going to be sitting trade. there for, for 20 Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Picks. No, yeah, no, but I'm saying, I think the, the Vikings, there's a Freudian slip. I think the Wild will make a trade. So, yep. like, we'll definitely jump on. And uh, it is it is interesting that Bill Guerin, to use your phrase here, established the market today. Yeah, he did. Yeah, I, I feel like we'll we'll jump on and react to any, any breaking news that that happens over the the, the course of the weekend. So hit the subscribe button, Daily Minnesota Sports yeah. Entertainment, Score North subscribe. right here. You know, we're, we're we're bringing you the most Minnesota Wild coverage on this YouTube channel on YouTube. I could make a case at one point for whatever reason, Apple thought we were a top ten podcast. So so we would like to Apple climb back us. into the ranks. I don't know why. Apple loves us. I'm not us. sure. Apple's but, a big uh, fan. But we'll we'll be ready to react to any breaking news that that happens for the wild over the next week and a half, which I'm guessing there's going to be even more to to chew on here in the next week love, or so. I love to hear this. All right, we are uh, we, we're done again. Kevin Fiala traded to the Kings and then signs a seven year contract in return. Brock Faber, a defenseman from Maple Grove and the University of Minnesota, and the 19th overall pick in next Thursday's draft from the Los Angeles Kings comes back to the Wild. Declan, you know, there's no room for petty bull. Bash shoot score. He knows you once ate an entire sheet cake. He knows your selfie life isn't your real life. He knows what goes down on the DMs. Shouldn't you know your dog better? Now you can learn his inner secrets with Embark, the highest rated dog DNA test. Unlocking over 350 breeds and screening for over 215 genetic health risks. Go to EmbarkVet.com and use promo code DNA. That's DNA to get $60 off an Embark Breed and Health Kit or Purebred Kit with free shipping. That's promo code DNA to save today. He knows you once ate an entire sheet cake. He knows your selfie life isn't your real life. He knows what goes down on the DMs. Shouldn't you know your dog better? Now you can learn his inner secrets with Embark, the highest rated dog DNA test. Unlocking over 350 breeds and screening for over 215 genetic health risks. Go to EmbarkVet.com and use promo code DNA. That's DNA to get $60 off an Embark Breed and Health Kit or Purebred Kit with free shipping. That's promo code DNA to save today.